Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 382. It may stand for something, but I don't know. But this is your Geek to the Guide geek to the guide side yeah you got it and you were worried about screwing up in the intro oh no this is your this is your guide to the geek side and i am one of your hosts todd oxtra joined by charlie carden summertime time for sugar-free popsicles what's going on everybody sunday uh we're in we're in between heat waves here in the midwest which is great (laughs) a nice low but yeah no things are good Todd, I know you're out there doing some yard work today, running around doing all that new homeowner stuff. So that's pretty sweet. Pleasant yeah, Valley getting the, yeah, getting the the house to the way it's supposed to be. It takes a lot of time. Um, we are getting there, though. Um, the office is kind of set up, and most likely I will move away from my office uh, to a different setting for podcasting because I don't like my office to also be the place I enjoy my, my you know my geeky stuff I'd like to have a little separation of church and state so that is probably going to come it'll happen in the uh, call it the man cave call it the bat cave call it whichever will our basement will have a door uh, going down to it so actually I can close that and have privacy too so looking forward to that uh, probably in the next couple of weeks nice and then you'll have a natural background kind of like mine is that, or you haven't decided not yet. Not sure how it's going to wrap up. That will be the man cave and things like that. And I will have stuff yeah. out. I just don't know if the go. orientation of where I'm recording versus where other things happen will be the best place for that. So all things people will find out. When I can do this, Charlie, tuned. I can I can change this. My background is far easier because I can just yeah. change it to any picture I want. So it requires no type I of uh, activity on anyone's side. And if you watch us on YouTube, so that's please what subscribe. That's what that's what and saying. you can see our backgrounds and you can see Charlie eating a popsicle. You got you it. Go. Almost done. Yes. But uh, somebody who's almost done for uh, would be Spider-Man on the cover of this week's comic. Uh, this is Amazing Spider-Man number 382 from October of 1993. He's hooking up with the Hulk, who is wearing a, a non-ripped up pair of pants, which are very tight, but he's got a big belt and crazy thighs. My God. Uh, and like I said, the the thing that's so disruptive about this is that the Hulk is so big and so massive, he breaks the Amazing Spider-Man logo. Look at that stuff. That's terrible. Very disrespectful. I, of course, uh, very fond of bringing up the fact that I've read every ep- issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I know I read this one when it came out because it was when I was in high school. Could not tell you one panel of what happens in this issue. It's that forgettable. Not surprising. Uh, it's also the unforgettable artist, uh, Mark Bagley, who just his style is generic to a T. It's serviceable. And there you go. I tell you, well, someday we'll get him on here as a guest just so he can <laughs> just so you guys I'll can, say can I will call him Mr. Serviceable. Yeah, no one will. No one will put him up on the uh, I mean, reliable Always on time, yes. That man is like a machine. It's like you plug him in, watch him go, you unplug him. Mar- I think Marvel just employs him as a robot artist. You reminded me very much with the word serviceable of, of the, the musical episode of The Simpsons where Homer says why they have to screw up that perfectly serviceable wagon story with a bunch of singing. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. It's uh, it's you know what? I always say that. Why do you have to screw up a perfectly suitable cover by making it Mark Bagley? But oh, well, oh I know. My God. Yeah, I didn't tell you. But, uh, and, yeah. and, a, 
at us over on Twitter if you like Mark Bagley at us at, at Secret Friends You. Anyway, while while Todd's busy making enemies, I think it's probably a great idea for us uh, to get on over to the corner of Hollywood and Vine. That's where we're going to find good old Madam Webb, our senior news correspondent for the rumors and news with Madam Webb. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. My goodness, Madam Webb. Yes, the storage cube is gone. You have no home. But I have heard a family of beavers have you let you into their den, and you're doing a pretty good job. You got those buck teeth, uh, that extreme, uh, extre- that that tail extremity that you never cut off is paying off. Oh my gosh, she's she's uh, all fl- all flippers ago. Oh my goodness. Well. Um, first off in the news, we do have confirmation that the good folks at Marvel, well, Marvel Studios rather, is returning to Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con, which is coming up, golly, is that mid-July? I, you know, I should know, I should know off the top of my head, but I just don't. Is it? What, just July. Uh, the, what, when it actually happens. Oh, it's always August. Are you sure? Um, well, it's also, oh, this one, it's going to be July. Sorry. We'll be attending Comic-Con uh-huh. in July. Yes. Exactly yes. correct. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, just like everybody uh, having taken a break from things during COVID and whatever it is, they've had uh, an absence. Um, they, they were gone in 2018. They came back in 2019. And then I don't know if they've been attending subsequently. But uh, the great news is for the rest of us mere mortals who don't live on the West Coast or have the money to go to San Diego or have you know the sheer luck I'm sure to actually purchase tickets because I know that those are difficult to come by we obviously get to watch a whole bunch of stuff um, on YouTube anyway which is how we how we consume any of this stuff Todd what do you think what do you think they're gonna show us um, that we aren't really aware of anyway I mean their slate is pretty well pretty well you know established do you think that there's a, a trailer well we've got the Wakanda is the project they have for the fall do you think we'll, we'll see that they've got to they've got to show something because um yeah, yeah I mean Black Panther is uh their big fall movie right there are so many questions about that movie they've got to show something and with it right. being you know five months no no yeah almost four months from November uh, when right. this happens that's when a trailer would happen and that's the perfect right. time to do it. So it makes total sense because right. people are just uh, so unclear of what's going to happen with that movie and well, how they'll yeah, pick up with, with, with all of those pieces that essentially are not in place. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when the, you know, black Panther being a title or a character, much like Captain America has become with, with Sam Wilson picking up the mantle, Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us, obviously not playing the character. So what is that going to look like? Um, and that's something that a trailer will, will help us illustrate. So also says here, um, Feige has gone on record to say that the next big saga of the MCU will be revealed in the coming months. So something about the X-Men, something about the Fantastic Four, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, I would put either one of them kind of at... at yeah, phase five is, I mean, there's a pretty filled out dance card uh, for at least the next two years, I believe. Right. But beyond that, 2025, do we start talking about that? That's pretty far out. Things change. Um right. Yeah, who knows? I mean, but this is great news. I mean, this feels like we're back to reality in in some ways. Um, Cons, you know, part of the excitement about cons in the last 10 years have been big presence by the big companies. Um, When you have less of that, it just feels like every con kind of feels the same. It feels like, oh, same vendors, same, you know, B tier, A, C tier actors, wrestlers. Right. 
every once in a while you get a good panel, things like that. But yeah, uh, this makes it special again. And SDCC is, you know, the godfather of panels. I went in 2010, absolutely had a great time. Um, and I'm not sure there's any other type of con I would ever want to go to at that level. So, uh, you know, unless they made something specific to my tastes, I'm not a big I mean, Star it, Wars fan, it, as you said, and uh, Star Trek or things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's one of the five big, you know, kind of diamond cons around the country. There's Emerald City in, in uh, uh, Seattle. There's, of course, New York Comic Con in New York City. There's Dragon Con down in Atlanta, which I have a bunch mm-hmm. of friends going down there. That's uh, around Labor Day. Uh, but, yeah, nothing is more synonymous with the normals, as it were, than as San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. It's the name. It's been around for 50 years, which I was having a conversation with someone who's not into the genre. She says, a coworker who said, yeah, I'm going to be out in um, – uh, San Diego in a couple of weeks, and I know that the Comic Con's going on. And I said, "Yeah, that show has been around for fifty years. It started in 71, 72. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Back in those yeah. days, it was it was just a bunch of nerds digging through comic boxes in a room at a Holiday Inn somewhere. You know, yeah, what I mean? who Look would, at it now. you know, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is great news. Can't wait for it to come back, uh, and we'll see who joins them. DC is doing their own thing with their their Fandom, which is a big like online event. Right. Um, maybe they will host Fandom." At SDCC, we don't know. They haven't announced it either, so that would be cool if they made it like that. That meta. And to your point, Charlie, I hope they have all of the panels online. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're delayed. Sometimes they don't share everything, which sucks. Because I think Star Wars, the Star Wars event celebrations, they they had stuff that wasn't shown. Yeah, yeah. Mandalorian season three, they had a whole sizzle reel. Yeah, we've not seen it, which sucks. Hmm. But whatever. What we'll see. They should always release that. I mean, what's the whole? What's the point now in not showing that stuff like a month later? Right. It's but yeah. It's exactly correct. Now it's just it's obnoxious. Plus for them, it releases. uh, And you know what? Maybe that was part of their plan with Kenobi going on. Maybe they didn't Mm want to dilute the focus. But now that it's over. You know, let's have it because yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have anything for Andor, and that's another almost two months. So yeah, give us something. Give us something, Disney. Come on. Yeah, I'm let's sure they have nothing to show us. They said, nope, we're done. We've closed done. doors. We showed Obi Wan. Everyone said it's it's cannot be topped. That's right, it can't <laughs> be. So we're closing our doors. Oh my god, yes, it's all over. The house and the mouse is shut down. All right, what do we have next? Yes, so um, this will actually lead us into the topic in the Thunderdome, so stay tuned to that, folks. But we're talking spinoffs, and one of the spinoffs that was announced is apparently this weird thing with George R. R. Martin and Kit Harrington is the fact that we're getting a Jon Snow spinoff, so essentially a sequel series. So it's going to be taking Jon Snow, when we last saw him at the end of Game of Thrones, going north, um, and... This could be interesting because he could be exploring places unknown that we know nothing about that hadn't been documented, aren't in the books. This is totally uncharted territory because, you know, as we know, our favorite railroad man has not even finished his damn series. It's taken him like 10 years to finish the last book and he hasn't finished it. So get it together, dummy. Yeah, yeah. So because he's like he just likes to adapt things, be a producer, do all these things. And it's just like, dude. Get to work, but oh well. Uh, but going back to this, apparently Kit Harrington actually pitched this idea to George R. R. Martin. George said, "That sounds like a great idea. I like money. Um, this prints money, uh, <laughs> and apparently prints money." Yeah, but apparently he met with some showrunners, some writers, and he kind of did everything and brought it to George. So this is very cool. And a lot of the actors from Game of Thrones are very excited about this as well, because guess what, Charlie? They probably want in the bandwagon too. And they want that right. good cheddar. I and want like, that money. I can do a cameo. 
I can just show up and say, oh, I was just passing by. <laughs> well, what am I doing here? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so very little information about the show is out there. We do know we're getting the uh, House of the Dragon, which is coming up in August. Very excited about this. So, And there are several other um, Game of Thrones ideas out there, but nothing's really been approved. So you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. Um, if this next House of the Dragons is popular, does well, I imagine it will be go. And we'll see it happen. Good stuff. I think when and when does House of Dragons drop again? August. August. August is going to be a, a date be a, in August. It's <laughs> going to be a sizzle month on TV because the box office is kind of dead by then. We I know just by tracking things uh, on our summer movie wager, uh, the only movie that's being released kind of of note is the Money Train, and that got bumped from Bullet July. Train. Yeah, Bullet Train. What a Money Train? Money Train. Oh, Wasn't that, that a movie, movie with like? Woody Harrelson wasn't it Woody Harrelson yeah. and uh, Wesley Snipes. So it was like it was like White Man Can't Jump too. I'm sure. Movie. Yeah, Rosie yeah. Rosie Press probably showed up too. <laughs> oh my God! First of all, first of all, I love that movie. Louis Sabong, my best friend from childhood, and I adored that film. That it, 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 Money you know Trainer, what? White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump. I'm okay, I was like, like Money Train. I didn't know you were a big fan. <laughs> I feel like uh, White Man Can't Jump maybe deserves a uh, a Patreon, a special Patreon segment when we start doing that. Oops, did I let the cat out of the bag? Well, Charlie, don't you remember on the Oscars, the last Oscars, they actually like had the, the all those people come up on stage. And say, it's the 25th anniversary of White Man Can't Jump. I'm like, really? Are you You're serious? doing this? <laughs> you, are you serious? You watch the Oscars? I know. Well, that, that was one of the parts that was from it. And it was just like they brought all the actors on screen. I'm like. That's oh an odd God. movie to really like celebrate. Yeah, right. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Enough oh, about well. white men can't jump. Let's yes. talk about white men who like to hit people with bats. Ouch! Exactly. Well, we're actually, you know, and, and compared to the stuff that you see on this program, phenomenally tame. Though a bat did get destroyed on that show this week. True, it did. Um, we're talking about the boys, which is uh, over on Amazon Prime. They're on episode uh, six of eight. I didn't realize they were flying through them so fast. There's uh, there's only two episodes left of the season, um, which is wild. I was like, "Well, oh, holy cow!" Um, but anyway, Eric Kripke, who runs the show, is in talks with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Negan himself, and Papa. Whoa, Papa. Um, Winchester, Winchester, from your, yeah, from your uh, supernatural show, which of course, absolutely, for uh, Jensen, Jensen Ackle is the main character on the show. Who knows if it'll be around next season? I mean, I don't know how those things usually go. Uh, talking about potentially bringing him on board, um, and also hopes to cast Jared uh, Padalecki. So bringing them all back together, interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, again, yeah, what role I, could he play? Yeah, I don't you, have you, it written up the comics. Yeah, so you, you and I just read the first trade of the boys. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know a ton about it. But I mean, if if the boys ends up being anything like The Walking Dead, they're just going to kind of go their own way, as Fleetwood Mac would say, um, and, and end up kind of throwing us a big surprise. So that show has been totally nuts this season. We're going to talk about that in the Geek Easy. But oh, my goodness. I, I love this dude. Anything that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in, he, he chews scenery. He's been great as Negan. He's one of the few things. And again, 
The Walking Dead is still on. April loves it a hell of a lot more than I do. Though when we met, uh, I I got her into watching it, and I was I was a, a rabid fan at that point. But it just, as you know, as you and I have talked about, it just it diluted as it went. So now yeah. now it's just kind of it's you know it's you just continue to water it down. It has an right? end though, at least finally, right? Yes, as they split the final season into like nine parts of eight episodes each, it's just it's. And we still have not heard crap about that Rick movie or spinoff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's just it's just hanging in the ether. That's really where I stopped watching. uh, Really, I I did watch that one season or part of the the season following it where they jumped forward, what, five years? Yeah, or more. I can't quite remember. It was it was was a big jump because, you know, she actually, uh, you know, Rick and uh, Rick had gotten Michonne pregnant. and, And then when it showed up again, she had she had his kid. Um, so yeah, but then little Judith was older and all this different stuff. So yeah, it was, I don't know, man, it's, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you what's going on in the show. It's just more of, there's another group and they're trying to kill There's always another group. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You what you have to look forward to in this country. It might not even take zombies, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Well, Um, that's cool. I'm glad he's in this. He's only six years older than Carl Urban. Maybe does Butcher have a brother? I don't know. We know he has a dad. We saw his dad in this. Right. So uh, we'll, we will see. I mean, there's probably a lot of characters they could pull right. from, even oh, original oh, yeah. characters. I mean, I don't know if they've made original characters for the boys yet, but they know. obviously could. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I mean, they pulled up. They have so many soups, all the weird ones. They, they have mm-hmm. made some original ones. So. <laughs> yes, they did, because we saw quite a few of them. <laughs> oh, my God. At the <laughs> a lot of them, unfortunately. Yes, way, we'll way talk about that. Yes, absolutely will. All right, moving on. What's next? Yeah, so, uh, Charlie, you picked this one. Uh, Apparently, uh, the Moon Knight head writer said he scrapped Dane Whitman, a.k.a. Kit Harington, Black Knight, and Steve Rogers' cameos in the series. And that would have been weird because Moon Knight, we talked about that because Moon Knight largely avoided all MCU. Moonlight, yes. Moonlighting. Uh, yeah. Yes. They, they avoided all MCU, just like Moonlighting yeah. did. And yeah. yeah. I mean, who knew? You know? I know. I, I didn't <laughs> know. If, I talked know about if, uh, Spider-Man. I didn't know if Sybil Shepherd was actually maybe Aunt May's third cousin. I have no idea. Exactly. She could, been in the power, she could have been the power princess. <laughs> oh, Squadron squ- Supreme. Squadron that's Supreme. a deep cut, folks. So that's, that's a different Earth. Uh, up there with Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Spectrum. And, well, maybe uh, Moonlighting was part of the Marvel Earth... 22, 22. I don't know, whatever they're from. Right. 20, 22, 27. 23 Skidoo. <laughs> yeah. So, but going back to this, but apparently um, because they are trying to connect a lot of uh, the, what was it, the, the Marvel Knights uh, run, which was a lot of the darker characters, Moon Knight was part of that. And that eventually they thought they could have had, uh, he goes, what happens if we try to get Chris Evans back as old Captain America? You know, you sit there and play with that. What if game among the, our writers? The only two that we seriously discussed were Dane Whitman from Internals, of course, because Stephen Grant was going to be working at the same museum, but there was never any logical reason for him to be in the show. Uh, as right. a Marvel fan, I would be frustrated if Dane showed up for another cameo and it didn't progress his story or give us any teasers for the Black Knight. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. No, I agree. So, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all well and good. Um, you know, Moon Knight hangs on to its mystique. You don't necessarily know where he's coming back or what that's going to look like. And I think that that's totally cool. Um, yeah. You know, keep, um, keep, keep, it, keep it mysterious. He's a mysterious character. You know, you didn't need Nick Fury showing up the end and saying, you're part of the West Coast Avengers Initiative. So we're going to hook you up with Hawkeye and Mockingbird. And we're going to bring Linda Cardellini out of retirement because she's the actual Mockingbird or whatever. It's just, yeah, you just, you just don't need to. It's good to see, you know, face 
phase four is kind of with Marvel in general, I've certainly felt like it didn't really have anything that was super breakout. So it, a lot of it was rebuilding. It was, it was, a it was the, the rebound boyfriend or girlfriend, if you prefer, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you're, you know, you, you, you ended your relationship with the infinity saga, you dated around a little bit in phase four, and then you get to phase five. And maybe this is the person of your dreams in phase five with the fantastic four. There we go. I solved it. I saw exactly. It. Yeah, I think that because you can only make the Avengers once mm-hmm. you can have other and Charlie, you know, this in the comics, there's always new lineups of Avengers, but they're never they're like they're, it's kind of a surprise and no one ever falls in love with a specific team. Um, right. But yeah, you only get that once. So they've got to find something else that they're building to. It seems like with MCU has to do with they have to build to something. If yeah. not, then people feel like, oh, it's just another one coming in. It's not really going to do anything. So. I would be curious, Charlie, maybe if Avengers yeah. uh, Marvel took a new page and said, we're not going to tell you everything that's coming for the next three years, because that takes away a lot of the mystery. And maybe we just play it in the back pocket. We only share what's coming in the next six months, because that way you don't know. And you, everything will be a surprise. I don't know. I mean, the simple fact of the matter is, is that they have very little to lose by doing exactly that. Nobody is not going to go see Marvel films at the box office until until the genre itself, just like the Westerns in the 1950s, when it just finally dies off, because yeah. it will. Everything dies. Everything that goes up is going to come down. Right. Cyclical, right. I it's mean, very, there's it's, highs it's, and lows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, big sci fi and, you know, and, uh, you know, big this thing and that thing, you know, gross out comedies are going to come and go um, as a genre. But this, you know, yeah, I think. For the time period that they're in, you're right. They have very little to risk. You know, if they're revealing that, oh, this movie's going to come out three years from now, who gives a shit? It's not going to make somebody like, oh, my God, now I, I'm i bouncing off the walls. I'm so excited. No, it, it's just it's really not going to make much of a difference, I think, in the amount of people who are engaged with Marvel and have been since 2008, you know, or certainly since 2012 when the Avengers, the film made the big splash and really broke the MCU. I mean, I even remember that summer I went to, I went to a training in Wisconsin for the company that I was working for. And there was a young hip young lady who couldn't stop talking about how much she loved the Avengers movie. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I bet you never picked up a comic book in your life, but you saw that movie and it clicked with you. And, you know, like I said, that's going on now 10 years that that's gone by, mm-hmm. you know, it's a total of, you know, 14 years for the universe, as it were. So it will continue on. Um, you know, phase four has been I wouldn't even say it's really disappointing, but it's it's a lull why they regroup. And that's mm-hmm. happened. And now they're going to move on to something else. lull like an LOL. Um, yes, I lulled myself out. And this should blow you away, Charlie. I'm just looking here at phase four. I will just announce everything in phase four. And this is over a period of January 2021 to Doctor Strange, which we have Thor coming up. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, What If, Eternals, Hawkeye, Spider-Man Away Home, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And we're getting Thor. That is a crap ton of Marvel. And that really is. In 18 months. 18 months. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, and after a while, you just say, we don't want to say fatigue. But you'd have to right. say it's not it's not blowing your socks off anymore because you're like, yeah, because there's another one coming. And all right, this but, the next one. Yeah. but but at least it's diversification in what Correct. they're doing. And but, yeah, by failing to diversify, even even Star Wars has done it. 
Uh, Star Trek has done it. Different shows for different audiences, different formats, TV longer, animated, uh, uh, episodic, uh, story arcs, so on, so forth. Um, Yes, diversity, because people are different people are going to, you know, a kid's program like Star Trek Prodigy, you know, uh, or the the uh, Jedi Tales that's coming out for Star Wars. You've got to diversify because for Star Wars in particular, you've got people who are our age bracket and then you've got your next generation that's being raised by people from our age bracket. You know what I mean? Who are going to love it, love it, like it or lump it, but only really if there's something that's in it for them. Not just like, oh, my dad loves Star Wars from 1983 with the Ewok bears or whatever. It's, you know, exactly. Which is you, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be okay not to watch something in the Marvel, the cinematic. You know, our friend John, he said he's not really excited about a lot of the stuff. It's just everyone's like, he said it's like, it feels like it's not building to anyone. He's absolutely not. No one, nothing. It feels like nothing. We don't know what it's building to. We thought it was building to a multiverse thing. As of right now, we had the multiverse and it's like, eh. Kind of, I don't know what's it just, happening. It, it, it just, yeah. it just really didn't. It was, it was yeah. no fuzz. So yeah. Oh well. Yeah. And then, and then I think with Disney Plus, for a while they weren't overlapping anything, but now we had Obi Wan, Miss Marvel, and then Doctor Strange, the Multiverse Madness on Disney Plus were all happening at the same time. I'm like, right. you guys are kind of drowning each other out because nothing gets its own place. You know, it doesn't even get like a week, uh, which sometimes you want a week for something to get absorbed. So I think Miss Marvel, they said it was one of their lowest rated, which I get it. It's not for everybody. It's a character. No right, one exactly. Knows. Exactly. Uh, it's very teen centric. And we'll talk about that as well. So it, for a lot of people, it won't be. So I hope people don't view that as, well, it's bad. No, it's just right. not for everybody. I think I, and again, you know, we're going a little long on this one in particular, but again, I think Ms. Marvel is demonstrating uh, Marvel's ability to really diversify and talk to different audiences, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to the next story, if I can. Uh, IDW, the comic publisher, who is not Marvel and not DC, I know they're actually out there, uh, has had the license for my beloved Star Trek since 2007. Wow. Uh, you know, Star Trek has had a weird history. Was that um, with was that with the um, uh, the JJ films? Is that when they got the license? Uh, no, no. Let, let me let me give you this super encapsulated brief history. Uh, there was the Gold Key comics back in the '60s. Marvel snagged the license in uh, the early '80s uh, to uh, do post uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture comics. They lost it. Switched over to DC post uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Uh, they held it in two different volumes through about 1995. Um, and then Marvel got it back uh, when we were in college. I love the stuff that they published back then. They lost it around 2001, and it was Wildstorm or somebody else that petered right out. Then IDW picked it up in 07. And you said Mal- like Malibu had right, Mal- too, right? It, it, yeah, in the 90s they did. But yeah, yeah. The, the license as a whole went over to Wildstorm in like 01, 02, and then it was mm. like a five-year deal, and it was gone. But IDW has had it now, since 07, so 15 years. That is the longest single license holder just, yeah, just just about. It's pretty close to what DC oh. had, but at any rate, um, they are publishing their 400th Star Trek publication uh, coming up uh, in the next few months here. And they they have and Todd, if you look at this link, they publish some great covers. This, the uh, the one that's the focus of this is that there's going to be a lower decks miniseries, and they did a lower decks uh, version of all the characters in the lower decks style. So you've got Garrick and Sulu and Chief O'Brien and Worf, all you know as lower decks, which is awesome. It's a weird well, cover. Of that I don't even know. It looks they look like like little kids. It's very I know, weird. I, I mean, I and there's Badgie with a broken bottle, which I love. Um, but in, in, in over on 
over on Code 47, we were talking just today, you'll, you'll hear that episode this, this Monday by the time you're listening to this, that we're really hoping we get an, uh, an announcement in the next two weeks that Lower Decks will be returning after we get the last uh, two episodes of Stranging Worlds. But we will find out about that. But this is super cool. So they're, they're running a number of specials. They've got, uh, they published in this little article, which we can drop in the links below, um, the different, uh, the different uh, kind of variant covers and fun stuff. But yeah, they're doing a Lower Decks miniseries, I, a three-issue miniseries. Todd, I've talked about before, I love miniseries um, just mm-hmm. based on the fact that comics get canceled after like seven or ten issues. So good three not, issues why is not, just, all you need. Why, yeah, why not just make it a miniseries? This is uh, actually, this. these are slated for September. We're getting... Um, we're getting a, a Stargazer Star Trek Picard miniseries, which looks like it's set around uh, the time of season two. Let it be better than season two, fingers crossed. And then, there, of course, there's the ongoing uh, Mirror War saga by Scott uh, Tipton and his brother, whose name I'm drawing a blank on, but we had him on the show once, so I hope he's still listening. Super fun guy. Should definitely have it back when these are all over. Um, but yeah, I love what IDW has done. I don't. These are ones. These are the only comics that I actually purchase. Because otherwise we have Marvel Unlimited, and that's how I'm reading those. So I do it's actually comic, buy they these. go to Comicsology, but there's a delay, I assume, right? Yeah, and and you would still have to. I I don't, but Comicsology is so funny because they don't automatically. Not everything under the sun just gets becomes free as part of Comicsology. It's it's willy Correct. nilly. So yeah. that, therefore, you have to purchase it. And some of the IDW Star Trek stuff is obviously most of the older stuff, but you just don't know. So if you're dying to read it, you kind of have to do it this way. Well, so. Yeah, recency. If you want recency, you got to pay for it. Yeah. Right. So IDW has done a great uh, number of really cool standalone Star Trek properties since 07. So Comixology is the place to find them. A lot of them, if you, as Todd had mentioned, you have Comixology Unlimited. It, uh, it is included to read them. So I would highly recommend it. But I love it. It's always great to see, um, you know, something that you love in another medium. The disadvantage between this and, let's say, Star Wars, because Star Wars is so tightly controlled by the Lucasfilm continuity group, is these are non-canonical stories. And canon is a hang-up for me, but it's not a hang-up for everybody, which is a good thing. So if you're just looking for something great uh, or even maybe something mediocre, I would say go check these out. But anyway, I'm kind of excited about the Lower Decks thing because I, uh, thanks to my esteemed partner, KDQ, over on Code 47. I've done a total 180 about Lower Decks. I love it. I cannot wait to talk about it with her and Peter on our show. So I certainly hope that you're subscribed and you're listening because we'll be bringing it all to you. Very, very good. And Charlie, is there a way to get all the old Star Trek comics you talked about? Is there any way digitally to get those? Like the DC all, stuff, the not, Malibu, the... Not all of them. I do. It's funny because I own, um, and I bought it years back, and I might find it on a, a black market, but there is a CD-ROM, and I had to go out and purchase a um, a external hard drive that had a CD reader on it that has every comic from 2001 going all the way back to 1966 on PDFs that you could read them page by page. So I like will all- follow up with you if you want to find a way to get those on an iPad. I would love to, and I, I, you know what, I haven't really looked into it, but I do still have the disc. But that's the only way to get those Marvel ones, to, you know, anything other than I, I have I have gone down the dark webs of finding comics that you can't yeah. find digitally anywhere. Yeah. But I love that Marvel run. They did actually some fun stuff. But anyway, very, very so good. I'm looking forward to this. Look for it in September. Very, very good. Well, that is it for the news. So now we're going to... Head on over to our favorite favorite geek establishment for some sudsy beverages and some geeky stuff we're dying to talk about. And that's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. 
We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on this week. Charlie, I am very curious about your take on this movie because it's I've, I've heard so many divergent points, and I think it's because of the director of this film, because he does some interesting things with his editing, his takes, and musical choices. Very true. Well, we, uh, April and I, went to go see Elvis by Baz Luhrmann last night, and it was it was a long movie, two hours and 40 minutes, which is like, whoa. But, you know, well, Elvis, it was his Elvis whole life, had, right? Well, it, you know, it, it honestly was. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see him die in the toilet or anything, allegedly. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it was. It was his whole life, but it started as a framing sequence. You saw him, you know, in his 70s, you know, performing in the Vegas casinos days, and then you cut back to how he got started. They kind of blew through the the prime of his career. So, like, the 50s and the 60s, and you, you get to a point in the late 60s and into the 70s where you got a little bit more meat in the story. And I don't want to spoil it, not like there could be spoilers, because it's a biopic. You know, you want to find out about it, go to Wikipedia. Um, but you, you had a lot of things going for you in this film. Um, you had America's friggin' treasure, Tom Hanks, as Colonel Tom Parker, who I knew, Elvis's manager, who I knew absolutely nothing about. But apparently he was the con men to beat all con men. He was a he was the snowman, which I've never heard the expression that but I guess if you really think it through to snow somebody to put them on, you know, to shine somebody on to pull a fast one makes sense. But the snowman, Colonel Tom Parker, which is not his real name, is a big part of the film as well, got his start. I started he thinking his, about did he earn his rank in the Colonel Sanders <laughs> army? There is actually a Colonel Sanders joke made at his expense by Elvis on stage. It was funny. But no, nice. uh, he got his start. Uh, and this is what I was thinking about when we were driving home. He got his start in the circus, the carnival, just like John Hammond in Jurassic Park. Mm. And look how that shit worked out. Uh, but no, I loved it. And Austin Butler was Elvis. People have been, oh, he doesn't look like him. He's got the big puffy lips or whatever. I, he was perfect. Absolutely perfect. I've heard, I've heard great. Yeah. yeah, I've heard great things I about did, his performance. His performance was great. I don't know if he sang, but it, I don't know if he, he sang any of the parts. So it sounded very much like it just simply could have been lifted. It could have been kind of the same thing that Rami Malek did. And of course, me, I'm reading notes on IMDb. Apparently, he collaborated with Rami Malek personally because he really wanted to know what it felt like hmm. to portray an icon like that. Um, great film. Um, Going to do about $30 million at the domestic box office this weekend, which is probably on par for something of that subject matter. Um, I think Bohemian Rhapsody was the biggest one in, lately, yeah. and it did like $90 million. They don't do huge. Yeah, and it's 90 million total in its opening weekend. I think 90 million total. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, I could see that happening with this because if you, you know, if it's in the theaters for, you know, 45 days, it could stack mm -hmm. up to that. But um, I love it. Theater was pretty full. Theater nice. was actually, was actually you know, probably two-thirds full, which I was impressed with. For We saw it at like 6.30 last night, you know, on a Saturday night. So, yeah, I like it. I would recommend it. Um, who, who doesn't love Elvis? It's no, Elvis. no, I, I, you know I, mean? I have loved Elvis. I mean, he, I like his less like early music. I like his mm -hmm. older music because I just feel like there's more like he well, has a life. He has a life learned. He has like the, yeah. in the ghetto music like that. Right. And he did a lot it's of great like, covers too. And he made yeah, it his it's own. Like, uh, yeah. It's like the it's like the Beatles. Like yeah. I am a Beatles devotee. I love, really do love the early music because it apes. 
you know, rhythm and blues music, yeah. uh, and, which I'm a huge fan of. Elvis does mm-hmm. the same. But later, you know, it, when the Beatles hit their halfway point, which is about 1966, so Revolver or Rubber Soul, and then mm-hmm. and then leading then in, in on to Sgt. Peppers in 1967, their music becomes so wildly experimental that it carved a path for every single piece of popular music you've heard since then. You know, and Elvis plowed the same way with his being in movies and, you know, starting the whole, uh, you know, performers in residence in, uh, you know, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he created all of those things. He Um, he created people getting married at white little white chapels, pink Cadillacs. mm -hmm. I mean, he is an icon. I know people complain about him like, oh, he, he stole and appropriated. But you know what? Everybody does when it comes to music. And they all and they always and he opened and, and he opened the door for other musicians. Quite honestly, I think Little Richard became more because of Elvis right. than he and, would and, have and, without and, Elvis. And, and featured in the film, BB King is a character in the film. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's great. Go yeah. see it. it. It definitely gets my highest recommendation. And it's a um, Warner Brothers film, so it yeah, will right. be on HBO Max. I think forty five days, which is good because I want to see yeah. it. I just yeah. don't know when I will get to see it. Right, and I wouldn't say any any enormous rush to see it in the theater. Although but it might get spoiled. Like, did, but, he, did he eat fried chicken? Did he make the banana and peanut butter sandwich fried? I, they do show him, you know, um, shooting out TVs in his hotel room with a huge, you know, with a huge revolver. Um, did they show so, him meeting yes. uh, Nixon? They did not show him eating. Oh, meeting Nixon. He didn't meet, meet Nixon. He did not meet. No, they did not show that. Yes, that's um, not how he died. That <laughs> yes. was a carnivore. <laughs> a, a cannibal. Yes, he he, he choked yes. on a Nixon bone. Uh, yes. But anyway, all right. Well, moving on. Um, we have our regular programs that we're watching. Strange New Worlds had a couple of great episodes. They had yeah, a kind our, of. I, I was going to say, Charlie. So we're up to what now? This is episode eight. Uh, and wow. I think I talked about I th- I don't know if I talked much about episode seven. Todd, where are you? Because I don't want to get I too deep. think I'm caught up. The last one I watched was the fantasy episode. Yes, that was it. That was on. Yeah, that okay, was I'm Dr. caught up. Dr. Mabenga. And we talked about that, obviously, on code when we record earlier today. But fun episode, um, which I think had a real serious turn at the end. And it was interesting. I am um, in talking. If you've been watching Dr. Mabenga, who is the chief medical officer, has a daughter that he has to keep stored in the transporter buffer because she's dying of this illness and it's the only way to stave it off. Um, And in this episode this week, we had it was kind of fun. We kind of had, you know, trope of the week where we had the holodeck episode, but that was Mm -hmm. spawned by the mysterious creature in the in in the. in the nebula nearby, but at the end of it, it restored her to health, but it also, you know, aged her to an adult and kind of took her away. And, and I likened that to myself, kind of a, a struggle I've been through in my own life. I have a son, my son, Parker, who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, but he was in terrible pain the last couple of years of his life. So much like with what happened with this character, he, you know, this character was freed and, and, and off to live a life without pain, which is how I tend to think about the, the Parker and, you know, kind of life beyond. Um, so that touched me where, you know, Katie and, and Peter didn't necessarily have that experience. So they were kind of like, well, I don't know really how I felt about that. So hmm. that's the, that's the beauty of starting. That's start, kind that's of a, a human of- reaction though, because your child, it's like, it, I know, it's like, I know. It's like losing your dog. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just like, yeah, I, I, I felt his pain and, and it did. Yeah, I mean, I, and you exactly. don't you know, and I, even, even uh, get a connection with losing someone. So it, like a spouse or, you know, for me, more to the point, I'm not you know here to judge how anybody feels mm-hmm. about whatever they see, but more to the point, one of the things I think Star Trek has always done very well is give us the human condition through the lens of Absolutely. sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. That, is, that is what it does one-on-one. And I thought this episode did it really yeah. better 
than anything else. Um, yeah, I was going to say when the only thing I thought was a little bit too campy. That was my point. I was like, they're really, really hamming it up. And it's not like that great. Like, I know he's your man, Charlie, but man, the captain, I thought it was horrible. I did not think it was good acting. I just thought it came off as really bad. Like, he didn't know how to do it very well. I think it, that his performance and a lot of the actor performance, I don't know if it was badly directed or, or whatever. I've just seen it just came off as like, wow, this is like bad, like off Broadway, trying to be funny and goofy. Off, 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 off Broadway. <laughs> but I like the concept. And I was going right. to say the, the the previous episode we didn't talk about, the one I really enjoyed was the one episode where uh, Spock and his in his uh, in uh his betrothed switched bodies and they kept talking about hijinks. <laughs> that yes. was a clever episode. I'm like, Very man, clever. they're just, they're just, this is a really good, like first, you know, shows with good first seasons. They are nailing it. I, I will absolutely agree with what's going around is that in the, the, the new Trek era, the, the Paramount plus era, this is the star. And yeah. the, 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 the yin to the yang for me is Lower Decks because it's 100% different. It's, it's totally self-referential and silly uh, and enjoyable kind of by the masses where this is not so heavy and it's not so bogged down in. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, one thing that was not bogged down in, okay, was bogged down in something else, uh, but still managed to discuss you at the end of it was this week's issue or episode of The Boys Hero Game. You can't even call it. We, I was going to say, can we even say the name of it? Because it's oh, I pretty I, gross. I, 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 I think Gasm, you slab, you know, Orgasmo, you know, the movie with the South Park yeah, guys. It's I just, guess you can, you can throw Gasm at the end of anything and you pretty much know what it's about. But yeah, it's, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Strike that. Strike As that mother's water. milk found out. <laughs> oh, also, sorry. Yeah. Which oh. also draws into it. But anyway, br- brief synopsis uh, in, the, in the last uh, episode, our crew is over in Russia. They managed to finally rescue uh, Soldier Boy from his tortured captivity by the Russians over 40 years. Um, it's, and, and you know what? It's guys, a winter soldier. Not, it's a, it's yeah, a winter soldier. Yeah. He, he's not Steve Rogers and he doesn't even have the personality of Bucky Barnes. He's just he's a super dick. He's the previous generation of, of Homelander, who is our crazy villain, yeah. as we've been talking about. So anyway, uh, we, we obviously know that. Uh, well, no, it's, it was two episodes back that they rescued him. So he's been around. Correct. But now they've got him and they said, you know what? Hey, we need you to take Homelander out. And they managed to draw Homelander um, to <laughs> because what Homelander's doing is he's systematically killing off his old crew because they all set Aim him back, up to right? Russians. Was yeah, the Russians. Yeah, it's of all the team. payback. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, which is yeah, I, uh, not, not so subtly. That's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's killing them off, and so he tracks down the the brother and sister duo of what TNT or uh, TNT. What? So they like they have a really bad like Wonder they're Twins. Like, yeah, except they, definitely. They still live with each other, but they hate each other. Right. Exactly. So you know. The way any adult siblings would if they had to live together. Um, Thankfully, yeah, th- none of them can turn into a liquid. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, this whole episode had to do with um, this superhero orgy called Herogasm, which apparently was invented in the, in the 50s by, by, Soldier, by Boy. <laughs> Soldier Boy. But long story short, and trying to cut out any of the really gross stuff, there is an unbelievable um, throwdown uh, in this between uh, Butcher and... And Huey, who are again temporarily augmented, with some power. V24, yeah. what is it? V24, yeah, 
V twenty something, and then yeah. uh, Homelander shows up and Super and uh, and Soldier Boy, and they finally slug it out. They're equally matched, uh, and with with Butcher's help, they almost get to the point where they take Homelander uh, on, but he takes off. But in the time in between, there was a detonation that ends up killing almost everybody at this herogasm. Um, but yes. at the end of it, a very chilling video uh, put you know live on Twitter by um, Starlight, uh, where she reveals what's really going on and then she says i she says i'm i'm january I'm, I'm, i was say january jones oh. <laughs> she's not january jones. she's annie january and i quit yeah Janny yeah. annuary no. <laughs> Janny annuary so yeah this show is nuts we're ramping up to the last two episodes i can't even imagine you know i mean just think about the finale of last season and, and what, how crazy that was um yeah. so i know that we're going to get something super nuts so yeah this show is great but yeah they've taken the gore factor uh if that is not your scene if you can't handle it the show's not for you but i, I dig it because it's just it's, it's just very visceral and uh, it's cartoonish, it, it, too. It's it, not yeah. it's not like realistic at all. Right. And, and that's where it's like, that's where I feel like, you know, oh, God, because I mean, ultimately, if you watch the show and you didn't have any context, you're like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. But you would watch right. it's like, no, it's very like it, it's almost like Acme violence with, you know, the Wiley right. Coyote and but except it's it's, you know, humans. And even in the beginning of the episode, Charlie, you can tell this is um, uh, Seth uh, Rogen is one of the uh, producers and he talked about like, oh, Hey, this yeah. isn't real. We didn't produce, we didn't kill anybody because we spent a lot of money on special effects. So this ain't real. So just chill out. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I did, you know, and this, epi- this episode brought back the whole reason of this whole thing was the fact that a train who we kind of feel bad for right now, was the whole person that kicked off Huey on his path to kill everybody because A-Train was a jerkazoid who killed people, and, you know, that's what happened, and we forgot about that, and we got A-Train who finally, I guess, finally stood up for what he meant. He apologized, and when he was kill- when he was killing someone, I won't tell you who he killed, that was gross, and then I thought when he, unfortunately, met his end, I thought he was right. going to explode. Like that right. was what I was expecting, and they didn't. So I'm like, wait, they actually had some restraint, right? I uh, yeah. Well, you know, don't count on it going on. Anyway, we're running a little short on time. Why don't we move on? What were you watching this week? Uh yeah. So Miss Marvel episode three. Um, this series is every episode feels very different. Like they're doing something different. We had a turn of event where you know essentially where we thought she was going. We had this group called. And this was an interesting one because I'm like. Wow, they brought in the clandestines. So you may not be familiar with clandestines, Charlie, but they were a, a hero group that was created by Adam. He was an artist. I can't remember what his name is. Adam, Adam Lincoln Huber? on his name. That's the only no, um, no, he's a, he's a British artist, and he did Excalibur. Um, I'm always blanking on his name. He's a good artist, but he created this super team called the clandestines. It was tied to Excalibur, um, that, that Mar- that mutant team and the clandestines were an alien team. And I'm like, and they made it a mini series. And they had X, I think it was Avengers versus clandestines. This happened like the, the mid nineties. So you find out these people that absconded Kamala, not really did, but they were being with her, were part of the clandestines, which I'm like, wow, that's a deep cut. I never expected them to bring that in. But when it came to it, basically, essentially, these aliens convinced her that she's one of them and that her family is tied to it. Her 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 grandmother um, and her actually great grandmother was tied to it. And it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 it nails a lot of things right. And sometimes I just don't 
know if it's it wants to be really a teen teen show, but it has to be tied into all these other things. And sometimes it just feels a little weird. But I like mm-hmm. it. I like and I like the actors. So I yeah. don't know. It's 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 just the the Marvel trappings at times sometimes take it in places that make it feel awkward. Right. You're right. The the overarching uh, way to be connected, which we didn't suffer with with Moon Knight, uh, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit of drawback. And again, I, I always said it last week. I do watch it, but it, it's not because it's not so much me and me being the audience for it. I'm not super drilled into it, but I'm definitely watching it and I'm appreciating how good it is. And more to the point, how good it is for the people being represented to have that representation. I think that that's super key and it's something that is done extremely well, both by this and, and by Star Trek as well, which I think they're doing a really great job of. So yeah, I, I'm glad for people who are enjoying it, but for myself, I will still watch with interest, but you know, I'm more fired up for She-Hulk because it's, you know, it's a character that I have a little bit, you know, more oomph with and, you know, I enjoy the actress and it's, you know, ties right back to, um, Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk and stuff. So I'm a little more excited for that. And that drops in early August, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll okay. be right yeah. after. It'll be like there's a gap. I've noticed like uh, this ends like mid-July and there's nothing through the rest of July that's Marvel or Star Wars. So right. it's going to be pretty yeah. empty. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, I really like this. Sh- like I said, I like the show, like the actors, everything. And I feel like the Marvel stuff seems to be the 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 point that's just not as good so maybe that'll change when she comes in with the marvels which i think that'll be like they've established her she's got powers and they can do something cooler but this is great to give her her background with their family and there was an awesome bollywood scene that was great with the dance and wedding so they're they're doing a great job and yeah this is definitely going to be somebody's favorite mcu show and that's perfect so yeah um, and then lastly, Charlie, I know we don't talk about games much, but I think this one you may really enjoy. There is a game called The Quarry, and it is essentially by this team that makes games. They're essentially like American Horror Story, Horror Story 84, where it's like there's a serial killer, um, and they're typically a bunch of teens, and they have to survive. But the fun part about playing a game like this is you make decisions. They ultimately screw up, or you'll be like, the characters running and they'll give you like directions like, Oh, you have to duck uh, to not hit a vine. So you have to push down. And if you don't, mm-hmm. you'll hit the vine and something will happen. And, and it's very fun and it's very realistic looking like, um, and on PS4, um, this is going to be on PS4. I think it's on PS4. So you could play it with April, but this is a game that you could play on the ca- the, the couch and just make decisions together yeah. and just have a good time. Like this one involves like Ted Raimi's in this movie. Um, Lance Henriksen is in this, or sorry, in this game. Uh, uh-huh. And Justice Smith from the Pokemon movie is in this. So they've got actors and it's really cool. And it's, it's like a teen romp and I, I like it. It's very fun. It's very much more like an interactive horror show than it is a game. So I, I wouldn't realize I wouldn't do game games. I think you might get a kick out of it until Dawn was great. Hayden Pentieri was in that Romy Malik was in that. And that yeah. was a PS4 game. And I think it's like five bucks. You could play that as well. And it's fun. I, I really like them. So these are very much a, uh, a team that makes these type of games that I think are great for like a Halloween spook fest, uh, couch, decision making with your 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 friends and hey what do you want to do do you want to say you're you're persuasive are you saying you're angry uh which decision you want to make and there there's like uh uh and they'll remember if you if you made the decision or not so very cool 
Remember, interesting. Well, that wraps up. It is time to get the heck out of here. I think if we uh, skip out on our bill one more time, they're going to toss us in the street, so maybe we ought to do that. But get your phone out. Get that Air Qantas app lined up to go to the land down under. That's right. Time for the Thunderdome. The mutants await. So let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're set in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're talking about spinoffs. Spinoffs, folks. If you aren't familiar with the term, it essentially means you have got an existing series and then they take a character or something linked to one series and make another series. It was essentially <laughs> a safe play. And I, I think it typically started in like the 50s because you'd have like Dick mm. Van Dyke that led to like the Mary Tyler Moore show or something right. like that. Or Happy Days that, you know, led to the work from work or uh, All in the Family led to the Jefferson. So we saw those and it became a very much a staple. You're always like, oh, who could they spin that off? So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to talk about because we had Jon Snow coming and making his own series. So spinoffs aren't going away. And they're only going to continue, and they are a great way to cash in on fandom. And we'll see where we are. And uh, we've got an article, and this is from Screen Rant, where they said basically they're taking 15 good and 15 bad. So we're going to break mm-hmm. these down, Charlie. And if you think of any that like we aren't mentioned here, folks, let us know. And if we think about any ones that we didn't have, we'll bring them up as well. But we're going to start off with number fifth or number 30, because there's 15 good and bad. So number right. 30 would be... The bad one would be Joey from Friends. Oh, I, I watched, I watched Friends. it too. I, oh, I, I love Friends and I never watched me Joey. Too. I, I fell for it wholeheartedly and it was absolutely pa- – I don't know how long it was on, a season, maybe less? Yeah, probably. Um, no, two, no it, uh, less than two seasons. Yeah, it was absolutely packed with every wacky sitcom, whatever, because Joey moved out west and with his sister, and she was a single mom, and he had a really smart kid who was uh, you see pictured here, and it was just, it was, uh, it was just, it was just foolish nothingness. You know, it was, it was rarely funny and just packed with super predictable jokes and no friends vibe. For yeah, sure. it typically with a spinoff, you take a character that's less developed so then you can because you can add on to things and things like that but in this case joey was a main character and he was definitely not the most interesting one but moving on for something worth watching was family matters which is a i didn't even remember this a perfect stranger spinoff i know i and i feel like this certainly uh, led to a, a longer shelf life or certainly more popularity notoriety than perfect strangers ever did um yeah so i'd be curious to see a clip where you know what is you know, Urkel wander into the frame, or do they meet? You know, the dad who because he was Appar- no. This family says Joe Marie Payton, who is the wife of Carl, was an elevator operator in Chicago at the Chicago Chronicle. Perfect Strangers took place in Appleton, Wisconsin, so they must have traveled to Wisconsin because that's what or to Chicago because that's what you do when you live in Wisconsin because there's nothing there. I don't know how that all shakes out. But anyway, um, yes, very enjoyable sitcom that, you know, it spawned. I think, and I oh, read yeah. somewhere TGIF. that, that Ur- yeah, T- that Urkel was a minor character that caught on fire, so it became a huge character. Um, but very interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my, so my, my. Charlie, bad. The Lone Gunman ooh, was a spinoff ooh. of the X-Files. I watched a little bit of it, and those were the characters oh, yeah. of the conspiracy theory nuts. Yep. And apparently there was no conspiracy for their success. 
No. And again, you know, I've said it many times uh, when I was growing up, my mom worked at the local Fox station. So Fox was always on. Um, and this was on when I was in college. But I think I don't know, does it say what year. It, it, but this would have been 94, 95. So definitely um, within that window when I would have come out, oh, watch Fox, whatever. 13 episodes is that's bad. What, what's weird is that 13 episodes is now a season where 13 episodes back in the day was you got canceled during the middle of the season. Yeah, it was an interesting, you know, perspective. You take these three nuts and you may be like, oh, we could do something with them. And yeah. you found out they really didn't have much personality and they were more like they were good for cameos. And that was about it. Absolutely. Well, it's really easy with number 27 yeah. to say that this should be number one. Star Trek The Next Generation spinning off of the original Star Trek 20 years after the cancellation of that program or a couple of years shy. Um was a great show. Again, the first couple seasons, meh, hit its stride in the third season, blasted through seven seasons, launched a film franchise, launched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spinoffs that are still going on to this day. Or it was a continuation of a franchise uh, that had been canceled three times in three years in the 1960s, uh, managed to come back with the film series in the 1980s, which was successful, which led to this with a new cast set approximately 100 years after the original adventure. So, Good stuff. It'll never last, Charlie. It'll never last. And these idiots spell Picard with two C's. It's not Captain Picard. It's Captain Picard with one C. Idiots. It's a, the, the second C is silent, Charlie. You know I that. I guess. Uh, yes, yes. So I will just go the next two really quick. Uh, Law and Order, it's been around forever. They had s several spinoffs. Law and Order, Tribal Jury, never watched it. It looked bad. But we did watch Law and Order uh, SVU, which was not a... Uh, a, a a vehicle that would be That's going amazing. over a big train. But I did watch that show for many seasons because Christopher Maloney and Mariska Hardigay were awesome. And Ice-T was on that show. But yeah, that show is still going on. I don't know how it exists because it just ran out of credibility. But then we go to number 24, The Finder, which was a spinoff of Bones. I didn't think The Bones was a good show. And that got a spinoff. So that happened. But Charlie, next... It's did happen. I can't deny that it would happen. But next is Todd's favorite uh, television franchise of all time. That's NCIS. Spun off of Todd's. Oh, yours too. <laughs> Todd's second favorite film franchise, which would be JAG, which I loved, but Todd likes to make fun of. So JAG was about the uh, Judge Advocate General's Office in the United States Navy. NCIS is a Naval Criminal Investigation Service. It was introduced in an episode uh, of, the, of a latter season of JAG. And then that has launched one of the most indestructible franchises in the last 20 years. It's, it's stronger than. I don't the, know how. I don't it's stronger than it's the, horrible. The, stronger than the Chicago blank, like Chicago. Yes, the Chicago, Chicago. I always I make fun of April, even though she says I don't watch those shows. I said Chicago Department of Public Works, Chicago Fish and Wildlife, Chicago Parks and Rec. I don't know, whatever. Chicago Refuge. Yes, <laughs> refuse. Exactly. Yeah, refuse. Yes, exactly. We found so, something yeah. in the garbage. You want to check this out, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for guys of you, we got to call NCIS. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Again? Oh, my God. Oh, my Jimmy. goodness. Oh, um, yes, yes. But anyway, yeah. NCIS, yeah, NCIS, it's it's what your parents watch and you shouldn't. Yep. And that's what is on the TV when you visit. Oh, well, exactly. we, we go from there, and I'm not sure why they say it's worth watching, really, NCIS. Oh, well, we're moving on to something I didn't even know was a spinoff, and that's Once Upon a Time uh, in Wonderland, which is a spinoff of Once Upon a Time, which, you know what? I actually like that show from the beginning, but it, it spun off and got crazy too. 
Absolutely correct. Let's see here. Um, I didn't even recognize I'm going to kind of skip forward. Uh, well, not really. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm was actually a spinoff of Seinfeld. I guess I didn't watch enough of it. Do we end no, up seeing Seinfeld? It's not really. It's, it's because it's Larry David. Larry David yeah. was uh, Georgia Costanza. It was his yeah. show. So not really. But we love that show. So we can move on. Right. I'll tell you what. And this one I actually did watch. And even looking at this cast photo, I know a lot of these faces. That Is that Glenn Howerton? That totally is Glenn Howerton. And the guy all the way at the other end is another actor that you see in absolutely everything. Um, but that 80s show was not a spinoff of that 70s show. It simply had the same premise. OK, and it was on which is the, which is the Goldbergs. Yeah, exactly. So it was on very brief. Yeah, again, 13 episodes, a half a season, which was a disgrace. Uh, but now it's normal because that's what people do. Now, that 70s show, which everybody loves, April and I just finished watching it recently, the whole thing all the way through, is getting a Netflix um, revival that takes place in the 90s, I think, later this summer. So that should be great. This, however, was trash. Yes. Uh, then we'll go on to, and I never saw it, so I didn't need to. Uh, worth watching. Uh, Better Call Saul. I, it's a show I need to watch. It's ending. Six seasons. I've heard it's almost even better than Breaking Bad. And the fact that uh, Saul Goldberg is so good. Uh, yeah. Saul Goodman, sorry. Goodman yeah. uh, is so good as the, as like a cameo actor. So that's perfect. You know, you take a, a small character and build them in. This is the perfect way to do it. And I've heard it's so good. So that's a show I definitely need to watch now that it's ending. I have not been spoiled and I definitely will watch it. So um, I'm very excited one thing, one thing that is not so great, we probably ought to pick up the pace here, would be Cheers spinoff of the Tortellis. That would be Carla's ex-husband and his new wife and their two kids. I, Casey no, Kasem's I wife. Yeah, exactly. I this was not even on for half a season. Not great. But one thing that was a huge success that was spun off from Cheers was Frasier. Oh my God, Frasier was on. Frasier, the character, was on television for fifteen years, maybe longer. How long was? How, I, he was. It was ten years after he was on Cheers that Frasier started. So if that ran for another eight years, it was that was almost twenty years that he was on the air. Absolutely, an ideal character you take somebody who is kind of like a supporting character wasn't fully fleshed out, and then when they did right. flesh him out. They gave him a brother and all this stuff, and it worked so good. It's one of my favorite shows. I actually like it better than Cheers. I know that's blasphemy, but I think the writing on Frasier is so biting, so good. I didn't like right. Woody. I didn't like Coach. I didn't like Carla. I didn't like a lot of the characters on Cheers, and that was where it fell apart for me, right. but a lot of right. people loved it, so totally get it. I get it. All right, let, we're going to skip forward to some of yes. the actual uh, We're going to go to number 15, Charlie. Yes. Muppet Babies. What are your favorites? I know. Muppet Babies. It was so good because it was of a time where it was like a kid's show, but they did a lot of like parodies. And this was like a nanny was taking, it was Barbara Billingsley was the mother of Leave it to Beaver. The Muppet Babies were introduced in Muppets Take Manhattan. People love them so cute. And then we get this animated series where they would make fun of like parody things and they do Indiana Jones and Star Wars before that was even like allowed because Disney didn't own them. And the Muppets were owned by Disney at that time. So I just loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Bad, another bad spinoff briefly, uh, the Brady Bunch. I didn't realize the Brady Bunch was only on for like three or four years from late 60s to very early 70s. It I fell thought it was forever because it was on every season, every every yeah. every sitcom. It was it was right. on syndication on every TV yeah, station for, you know, every day growing up. 
10, 10 years later, exactly, when you and I were first watching TV in the early 80s, that shit was on it. It would have been off the air for 10 years. Um, but yeah, they made a string of terrible TV movies. We watched one of them, the, like a very Brady Christmas around Christmas. We didn't make it through it. It was so bad. We did, yeah. It was so bad. They um, tried to make it like yeah. real because they had like divorces and things. Yeah, Not exactly. very cool. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Worth watching Batman Beyond, uh, a spinoff of Batman the Animated Series. I've never seen it. I will, I will say hands down. It's very good. It's like it's like a flipping the script on Batman where you've got an aged um, Bruce uh, Wayne who cannot fight crime anymore. He essentially right. secluded becomes uh, uh, just a, a, a recluse. And mm-hmm. this Terry McGinnis, whose father is killed by um, by uh, crime, wants to take back the streets, but he doesn't know how to. And he ends up meeting up with Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne becomes a mentor, like almost like an Alfred to him, makes him a suit, gives him technology. And it's really impressive. It's really well done. And they had one of the best like uh, movies. It was called The Return of the Joker, Charlie, where it was fantastic. It might be all on wow. DC, but, it, but it's, it's such a Probably, great yeah. version. They've made some comics of it and everything like that. But yeah. people really want a live action Batman Beyond. I could definitely yeah. see it happen. Absolutely. Bad. Saved by the Bell, the college years. Never watched it. I'm sure. I think I probably saw a bit here and there. 100% total rehash. Um, And again, you know, I would imagine they're having more success with the adult version of it they're doing now, though I've not tuned into that either. But yeah, nothing um, at all spectacular. I'll skip number 11 because I never watched it at all. Let's go to number eight, Charlie. Oh, let me at least attest to number 10, because oh, okay. I did watch a little bit of this. The updated version of Fuller, the Full House Kids as adults. Never watched it. Ab- absolute dog shit. Hard pass. Number oh, eight. Bob Saget. Bob Saget, you're making him cry in his grave. Oh, is that too soon? I don't, I don't know how that works. Anyway, what's number eight? Tell me. Number eight, Bad Buddies from Home Improvement. I didn't know this existed, but get this. This has got Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer on it. Oh, this is a spinoff of Home Improvement. I, they played Jim and Jim, two friends on, looking on. to the tool man for love advice. Hold on. I do know about this because Chappelle himself made a reference to it on his show in the early 2000s. Um, but he said, a black guy and a white guy are friends. How incredible. But I had no idea it had any connection to home improvement. It must have been on for, again, half a season. Half a season is the, that is that is the, the benchmark. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, number seven, Benson, which I, I love. It was a spinoff of Soap, which I was love weird. Soap. I watched it on Nick at Night when I was when I was a well, teenager. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, Soap was just this weird like spinoff of like a soap opera, but it was a comedy. Right. It was a half hour long, and it right. was hilarious. And it was weird. Had Billy Crystal debuted in that. Robert Guillaume, a lot of actors you know of that played like Mona was in it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a weird like odd like airplane like show that I just watched as a kid because I didn't know any better, and it was goofy and fun. But yeah, right. Benson came out of soap and Benson was like the butler who then became like the house runner of a mayor or governor in right. which city yeah, was it? Like, uh, chief of staff. I probably I yeah. wasn't in Washington, D.C. I don't I don't yeah. remember. It was a governor of some state. But yeah, it was a right. great show and, and it had a lot of people that were on Star Trek. 
Yeah, it had Rene Aubergeonois and Ethan Phillips. That would be Odo and Neelix, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, another terrible spinoff that this one lasted a whole season is The Golden Palace, a spinoff of The Golden <sighs> Girls, where uh did not have B. Arthur in it, but had the other three ladies in it, plus Don Cheadle, Cheech Marin, and the kid a who kid. I think was, uh, who was, I think he was Worf's son in TNG, uh, Brian Bonsall. Isn't that him who was also on yeah. Family Ties? Yeah. Yes. Um, but yes, the lasted one season. But yeah, the Golden Girls, uh, the remaining ones decide to invest in a hotel. Dorothy is often married. They weren't in there. Could not find an audience and survived a whole season, which apparently, as we know, is rare. Um, yikes. That's, yeah, never never saw it. I'm sure it exists somewhere. One thing that does have staying power is number five, the, Ooh, Colbert, yes. the Colbert Report, which is now turned into the late night with Stephen Colbert, which which I that's where I get my news from, particularly in this day and age. I love the Daily Show under John Stewart. I've not really embraced it with, under Trevor Noah. I don't know if you watch it. It's okay. I, love, I mean, yeah. it's okay. There's some like there's some like segments I'll watch like are on YouTube where it's like the yeah, guy, the guy yeah. talking to all the MAGA people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the guy. What's what is that dude's name? I know. I love oh, him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I love Colbert. You know, Colbert came out and played a satirical version of himself uh, within the show. It went on for 10 years before he made act. He was basically being Bill uh, O'Reilly, right? Yeah. He was being the yeah. overindulgent, the Ron Burgundy, the I am playing a role as a uh, conservative, but lampooning conservatives. It was great. Right, exactly. So he did that before he now sold out and joined Network TV and he has a late night show. So I didn't know anything about number four. Oh, Top of the God, Heap is Charlie. a spinoff of Married with Children with Matt LeBlanc. Oh yes. My God. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, because it was, it was just bad. I mean, and I remember that because Matt LeBlanc was supposed to be playing like a gigolo and Joe Bologna, who was Dorothy's hus- ex-husband in Golden Girls, I believe. I think I'm maybe crossing this all over, but yeah, basically uh, it was Al's old friend, Charlie Varducci played by Joseph Bologna was introduced. And they thought there might be something there and they made a spinoff bad show. That's all I can oh say. My God. But I mean, uh, I don't, I didn't watch son of anarchy, so I can't really say yeah. my ends. Uh, see uh, if it yeah. was worth watching or not. I'll jump over to number two because I did tune into this for a while out of curiosity and even after the big jump, but it was The Connors, which is a spinoff of Roseanne. This came on three or four years ago with uh, with almost all of the original cast uh, and it, it it fell right in the middle of Roseanne opening her mouth and realized that, and, and revealing that she was a MAGA hat. She got fired and they killed off her character, um, but decided to keep the show going. I think it's still on. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they kept it going with, you know, Dan, uh, with uh, John Goodman and uh, Sarah Gilbert and, and kind of the rest of the gang. Um, definitely appeals to a segment, but it's just it's it's dumb. And it didn't get any less dumb when they killed off Roseanne. I'm glad they did because she obviously sounds like she's a nutcase. But whatever. Um, and number number yeah. one is it number yeah. one is a no brainer. Yeah, because I, I watched the Tracy Ullman show religiously. I love that show. True, it was on Fox. True. Same, it was same. Like the sweetheart of Fox. And then they right. had these bumpers of this family, the, the Simpsons. Matt Groening uh, created a comic called Life in Hell. I right. watched that. It was just like very sardonic. And it's like, but there was something about these shorts that someone at Fox said, you know what? There's something here. And they said, let's make an animated series, which animated TV shows didn't even really exist in the Mm -hmm. 80s. They were Mm -hmm. just non-existent. The Flintstones, I think, were the last one that actually did something of note. And they were just non-existent. And The Simpsons came on. 
in the like, West's history. Friggin' wildfire, 650 episodes, 32 years of constant production. It is, would, o- it is older than most of the people that you work with. <laughs> and I would say it's the main reason why people take animation more seriously. And it's not just goofy kids stuff where there's a psychic animal and things like this because they're doing satire they're doing music they're doing things that have stuck with the social construct and let's be honest i think if there's one show that has more sway it's the simpsons the simpsons have outlasted everything they've influenced everything right and i don't know when we say all is said and done the simpsons might be the most important television series of all time I think that is, with hyperbole aside, 100% correct. Tell me another show that has had a bigger influence on anything. Something, uh, a, show, a, show that, well, a show that in the last 32 years has had more influence on popular culture than The Simpsons. There's Doesn't a exist. quote, Simpsons did it. Something. Yes, exactly. And it's what true. What else can you say? What else can can't, you say? can't even be touched. Well, this was fun, and this was this was a last minute inspiration. So, Todd, I will pay Todd a rare compliment. He he is the idea man of this program. He did come up with this just today. I this was fun. I liked it. So, um, but as always, if there's something that we missed, if you disagree with this list, if you disagree with what we said, Twitter is the way to let us know at Secret Friends. You, that's me. We'll give our own tags in a second here, but we want to hear from you. So, drop us a line. We'll even repeat it on the program. Yes, and so next week we're actually going to be talking about a comic that inspired Thor, Love, and Thunder, and that is Thor, Thunder, God. Um, We're going to probably see if we can find a guest to talk about that comic with us. So if you know anybody who is big on Thor and wants to talk about that and then read the comic and share their thoughts, let us know, but we may have already filled the void in the meantime. But with that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Tioxtra, talking about video games, talking about goofy stuff, and hopefully fighting back against the crappy stuff that happens in the world and making sure people speak with their minds and vote register to vote folks, because this midterm, it's, if you don't like the crappy people in office now, it's only going to get worse. If more crappy people get in office right. this fall. So do you know, the right thing. Vote. We don't we don't relish talking politics. We don't allow it on the group, but the simple fact of the matter is it's the only way to change things is to get those people gone. Make your voice heard. Had to have this conversation with my children four years ago with that election. And trust me, they they voted the next time. So please get out and vote. That's it. That's your secret friends message for the week. Anyway, back to the show. I'm Charlie. Thank you for joining us. You can find me over on Twitter at the C3. Spell it out. Uh, my wife, April, and I also run the West Michigan chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club. That is the USS Grand Petoskey. You can find us at the website of the same name and across social media. I also try to fill up the Secret Friends Unite Facebook page with content when I get the opportunity. Um, but yeah, drop us a line. We love that you're listening to us. Register to vote. November will be here in a minute. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Nanu, nanu, bitches. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.